Welcome to the Future of Ground Transportation podcast, where we discuss the exciting innovations that lie ahead for organizational ground transportation. Each episode, we cover topics tailored to those resolving transportation-related challenges and provide tips, tools, and trends that will inspire you to stay ahead of the curve. And now, here's your host, Daniel Perez. Welcome to the Future of Ground Transportation. Today, we have Nick Salas, COO of Fleet Drive 360. Nick, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Doing good, Daniel. Thanks for having me, buddy. Ah, thank you. It's a pleasure. So, Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, and how you how you guys started in the uh, logistics space. And he, they talk about broken roads, and uh, you know it's kind of funny though. The way I found myself to this business is is interesting. It goes back to a friendship and a relationship I had in seventh grade, uh, is ultimately what ended up with me having this role. But I worked at a family business for a little over thirteen years, and uh, starting in sales, ended up running operations for him. Uh, and we would bring product in from all over the world. We'd do uh, major amounts of intermodal and containers and, you know, LTL. Uh, we were FedEx's biggest account in our zip code at one point, a pretty big part of Atlanta. And uh, and it was providing product to big box retailers and, and really large OEM brands that, that you guys know and see on your job sites or see out in the road. And I was a consumer of freight and a consumer of uh, freight services. And my, my, I guess my biggest experience was during the slowdown with COVID, during the poor congestion issues we had in LA, uh, I actually lost $2 million in a product line from a big box retailer because we weren't able to deliver the product according to their schedule. It didn't matter that it wasn't our fault. It didn't matter that it was port delays or other issues. And that's where I really peaked up and started paying attention to logistics and what it takes to get something from point A to point B. Um, I transitioned to a fabrication shop, uh, moving oversized loads and, and real big stuff. Um, spent eight months helping scale that business and uh, and learned a lot about compliance, about state permitting process, and some of the struggles that these drivers go through. I mean, we're running six trucks across the country with uh, with escort vehicles and state permits. And it's a pretty complicated piece. Yep. And this opportunity for Fleet Drive came up. And... Uh, Back to that seventh grade relationship, knew a guy that needed a guy that had a pretty wide, diverse uh, skill set. And, you know, our product is one that was created to solve one of my owner's needs for his trucking business. He happened to have a programming background and started to, to write the program and, and they needed someone to come run the business. So here we are. Got it. About a year and a half later. Perfect. Neat. So for all the listeners, what is the actual problem that you guys actually were able to resolve at Fleet, Fleet Drive? So compliance is complex. It's a really difficult and ever-changing uh, monster that you guys have to take care of. It's not sexy and it's not going to make you any money. Uh, but if you screw up on it, it can cost you your business, fines, downtime, or in my situation, it cost me you know, a product line with a customer because my logistics you know, wasn't on point. Uh, so the problem that we saw was we give you one one place, one login, one consolidated uh, area to manage everything related to your fleet driver and vehicle compliance. Maintain your driver records, digitize all your files, manage drug and alcohol consortia, everything related to FMCSA compliance, our program does and does well. Got it. And then like, what is it that sets you guys apart from other competitors in, in the marketplace? A lot of it is you know, one of our biggest strengths is is how new we are. Uh, 
you know, business has been around for a few years, but we're built off of new technology. We've got brand new integrations. We, we aren't a giant cruise ship organization that can't tweak, adjust, and change based off of new regulations or our clients' needs and requests. Um, we have a lot of ability to customize our system to make it fit for a specific carrier enterprise client. We grew up as an owner operator and one of my owner's businesses. So we've got an eye on what, what the normal guys out there, the, the one man owner ops getting off the ground and building their business, uh, what they need to grow. Um, well, it, it's just, it's, it's a, a full suite of things <laughs> I could go on for hours. Right. And, and Nick, when you said, um, like what industries are you guys focusing on? So it is, uh, it's the trucking industry, but it's not just trucking companies. It's, you know, there's anyone that has a professional driver over 10,000 pounds, uh, with a DOT number needs to follow these regulatory, um, compliance restrictions and regulations. Okay. So it falls for them. Even like a private company that's delivering, uh, construction supplies to a job site or a crane, they've got to jump through the same hoops. God. And what sort of, what, what are you guys excited about in, in the compliance sector? whether it is artificial intelligence or is it electrical vehicles that you guys are sort of penetrating all their integrations or automations? What are you guys excited about in that sort of sector? Uh, so the sector, man, there's a lot. I've got a passion project with, um, you know, ADAS, Advanced Driver Assistance Systems. I just, it's unrelated to this business, but I think that's a really neat piece. And, and it will be related to this business because with new technology comes new regulations and new things you're going to have to do. Uh, what I like about our business is it's one place that someone can go to understand the entire health of their business. Like it's not like at the end, we're going to talk about quotes. We're going to talk about, um, you know, advice that I would have or that, that I got. Uh, it's all you need to do. All you have to do. Those are bad words in our business. And it's a really bad word with compliance. If you try to keep all those balls up in the air, you're going to drop one. There's just only so much that one person can kind of keep a hold of. And when you drop a compliance ball, the fines are significant and the penalties are pretty severe. So what I'm excited about is having a platform that can keep all of that under one roof and let you know when to pay attention to it. Give you a heads up. Hey, something's going on. So it's ahead of time. I think AI is really neat. I think the integrations that we've got and the integration partners combined with AI gives us pretty cool predictive analytics so you can get ahead of your safety problems identify uh, drivers that are prone to safety issues and take corrective action ahead of time. Uh, so there's a lot in technology that's that's coming down the pathway. Got it. So so Nick, just to throw a couple of names out there, because I know you know we have we operate about 100 uh, buses and we're currently using Samsara. And I know that Samsara is one of the, the main sort of players in that industry. How are you guys different from companies like Samsara and what makes you sort of stand out from from those companies? That's a really good question. And, and there's a lot of confusion as to where compliance starts and stops and, and kind of who people need to run with. So Samstar is a great company. Uh, I know Motive as well does a great job. There's a lot of ELD providers out there. We're not an ELD provider. Uh, we don't have the hardware. We're going to manage driver files, compliance documents, filings, um, vehicle maintenance logs, your accident registry, your drug programs. They're going to own your GPS, your ELD logs, um, and that kind of side of it. We do have direct integrations with ELD providers to where you can uh, pull that information into our systems. Uh, but really, we do something they don't and vice versa. We're a good complement to each other. 
Got it. So you're pretty much more of a, and again, my assumption here is you guys are more of a dashboard with collecting all this different data and, and just putting it all under one roof. It's the dashboard is one of the most important pieces, right? Because you can close your eyes and open them and immediately know where I stand. Uh, but it's also just the process of getting that information into the system. You know, when you want to hire a driver, uh, you know, hiring anybody is really tough. Much less with driver turnover, what it is right now at you know fifty to seventy-five percent, depending on you know which side of the industry you're on. So uh, the the HR process is the time it takes to hire somebody. We alleviate that. You know, we send them a text message. They can fill out an application on their cell phone, upload all their compliance documents. They can get it done in multiple visits while they're sitting waiting for a load to be put on the truck or, or you know, during a, a layover or rest time. So it's about getting things in the right way and establishing a good foundation for your business and a system for how you manage. And I'm not the only option. I happen to be the best one commercially available. But you need, and that's advice to your, you know, to our listeners here is you need a good system for managing compliance. The penalties are too severe not to. So if it's not a, a system like ours with, you know, well thought through workflows and fo people focusing on the compliance piece, you need to have some type of system internally, be it Excel, calendar reminders, email notifications, something to trigger that you'll you'll not drop this ball. A hundred. I could only, I could only, you know, I agree so much. And when it comes into an a DLT audit, do you guys facilitate that process too, or no? How does how does that work? Absolutely. So we've got a couple of case studies that are on the blogs on our website uh, that talk specifically about this. And uh, and I remember I was on spring break with my kids and sitting on the beach with my phone, um, getting text messages from a client as he was going through his first audit. And, uh, and didn't really know what to expect, knew he had some problems. He had called us two weeks prior and said, hey, um, I got my audit letter and I'm not ready. And that was our introduction to him. And we were able to jump in line, um, get his documents into the system, get it uploaded, identify where he had missed some things, medical cards that weren't renewed prior to the audit happening. And it's like anything, you know, back with my dad when I was a kid growing up, I do something wrong, I'm going to the woodshed. But it's a lot better to go into that audit saying, hey, here's the system we have in place. Here are the areas we identified where we fell short. Here's the corrective action that we've taken, not only to resolve the issue, but to prevent it in the future. And that's what's going to get you through these audits. And yeah, we've got support. The reports we have created are specifically what they're asking for. Um, it, it's a really, really well kind of canned system for auto support. That is awesome. That is awesome. And Nick, what are some, some of the uh, most critical challenges that you guys currently experience in your business and industry? I'd say the most critical challenge is not my challenge. It is because it's my client's problem, but the most critical challenge is uh, it's a changing landscape for compliance. And when you sign up for a new authority, and it's I know you've got a pretty wide and diverse listener base here, and it's not just uh, you know established carriers. It's also folks that are either going to go out on their own or just did go out on their own. There's a spot in the DOT application where you check, you know, I attest, you know, legal language that I'm going to follow all the uh, rules and regulations of, you know, the federal code of regulations related to, to driving and interstate commerce, whatever. But it doesn't tell you which ones apply to you. It doesn't say, okay, you're over 10,000 pounds, but under 26,000 pounds operating intrastate within 150 miles of your you know, home base. These are the things you have to do. That doesn't exist. They just expect carriers to figure it out. 
Correct. And that's the frustrating part is you're setting people up for failure. You're folks that are risking their family's financial future to go out on their own and start a new business. And they don't have a resource that they can trust to tell them what they need to do. Um, that becomes our problem. And when we have the privilege and opportunity to work with a company, we're almost like a consultant at the beginning. We'll help you get set up. If there's problems, we'll fix them for you. But then we'll teach you how to manage your compliance. You can use my, my system to do it, and it's a lot more you know, organized than you would be able to, to come up with on your own. But you can take what you learn from us and create your own system or just manage compliance internally. Got it. And and Nick, when it comes into the, the future of compliance, where do you see yourselves fleet drive and sort of your solutions in the next five to 10 years? In, in this podcast, we talk about, you know, the future of transportation, whether it's with trucks and buses. Um, you know, let's just say that we were having flying vehicles or autonomous vehicles, where would fleet drive come into the equation? So... Flying vehicles is never going to happen because I <laughs> I get on 285 here in Atlanta and people can't even drive with four wheels, <laughs> much less putting up you know, wings underneath them. But autonomous vehicles are coming. And, uh, you know, they talk about having level three, level four, eight ass out on the road in a, in a scalable standpoint within, you know, five years and full automated within 10. Um, with that is going to come maintenance and, uh, you know, regulatory pieces related to the sensors and making sure they're calibrated, making sure they work. I mean, how many of our listeners have gotten out of a speeding ticket because the officer didn't calibrate his radar gun? Um, or at least the internet tells me that's a way to get out of them. Uh, but like, I think a lot of that with new technology is going to come new requirements and regulations and compliances and things that these carriers are going to have to do. One more ball they're going to have to keep up in the air. What I can tell you is Fleet Drive will not expand outside of our space. We're not going to try to be everything to everyone. What we are going to do is own compliance and every aspect of regulatory compliance with relation to to driving a vehicle over 10,000 pounds. And people will be able to just lean on us and know that we're up to date on the regulations, we're following it, and we're keeping them safe. Got it. Thank you, Nick. And Nick, what are your thoughts, in, and if any, when it comes into compliance in, in the electrical vehicle space? Because that's sort of the new new trend in the in the sector that we're seeing a lot. Are you guys going to incorporate any sort of components to to the electrical vehicles or is that something that as long as it's over ten thousand pounds you you guys will still just manage that perspective? Yeah, I mean as new regulations come out, you know, I'm sure there's going to be something related to batteries. I'm sure there's going to be something related to how those batteries charge because that like they'll I guess as you're coasting, it will put a load on a charger to fill the batteries. So I'm sure that part is going to be a safety sensitive part. But as these things are identified in new CFRs, um, the Code of Federal Regulations sections come out addressing it, our program will adapt to make sure that we can either maintain that new document or you know facilitate that new process, whatever it happens to be. Uh, we've got compliance experts on staff. We've got um, consultants that we work with that work directly with the FMCSA. So we're always on the front end of what, what regulations are coming down the line. Got it. Thank you, Nick. Any any sort of thoughts or perspective on the ESG and sustainability and any compliance that you guys are looking to sort of penetrate down the road? 
Not necessarily. Um, not necessarily from a sustainability standpoint. Um, you know, I, I, and I don't mean to, to throw back to my last answer, but, you know, as new things come up, as new, uh, like regulations or standards are released and people have to maintain documents or, or files in order to support their following those regulations, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely fall on board with it. All right. But I don't know of anything right now. Got it. Thank you, Nick. And you mentioned what, what is one of the main, cha uh, what is one of the main projects that you guys are most excited about, uh, whether it's artificial intelligence implementation with other softwares, if you could just re you reiterate, I know you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation. Yeah. So, I mean, the integrations with other software providers is important to us and you know, it, it's eliminating the, all you have to do is for our clients. Um, you know, if I can run something inside my system, that's one less sign on that you have to remember. That's one less bill you have to pay. It's less invoices coming to you. Um, and it's just the ability to, to lean off each other's data. So I'd say integrations with AMS and TMS systems, um, they're either currently on, currently done being worked on or planned, um, you know, other background providers, you know, the idea is we're creating a marketplace for integrations inside our, our program where people can pick and choose people they're already working with, or they can use our default providers and it just cleans up their, their business processes. Uh, and then predictive analytics is really neat using AI. And then all of the data we have from our integration partners to give you some predictive analytics on driver safety or performances is something I'm pretty excited about. Got it. And is this something that you guys do it in house or is this through another sort of provider that you guys just will integrate the predictive analytics? Uh, it's something we'll do in house. Uh, I've, got a really cool development team. Um, really proud of them. They're all highly intelligent. They've been in the development space for a long time. We've got a couple of couple of full stacks, some front end, back end team members. Uh, we've got an AI specialist. So I, I'm really excited about what they're developing right now. Got it. And when you said product that, uh, predictive analytics, like help us understand what is it that is it mainly being proactive with chauffeurs instead of being reactive when it comes to safety? Is it compliance? If you could elaborate a little bit, please. I don't want to give too much away um, because some of it's just uh, things that we're in development on that, that we can't necessarily patent. Um, but I will say, like, let's use, you know, our ELD integrations, we get hours of service data. And then you can take that hours of service data with any violations that they've had in your safety score and you know, their document status, and you can combine all of those to give a reasonable score as to how safety focused and minded is this particular driver. Got and it. are there areas that they're not doing things and that they need to be doing things in that we can identify and, and take that corrective action or get that driver coach to engage with the driver before they get pulled over for a citation uh, and have to deal with it. Got it. Got it. Thank you, Nick. And switching a little bit of the subjects, what is the best personal or professional advice that you have received, whether it's work from a colleague, mentors, coaches, and so forth? Um, so there's two P two points I'll bring up. Um, one of them just came to mind. It wasn't what I had planned on talking about, but there's a guy I worked with. His name is Eric Jackson, one of the funniest guys I've ever been around. And uh, he was a mentor of mine early on in my sales career. He had two lines he'd say often. He'd say you attack piles early and often. And if you ever think you're caught up, go back and double check because you missed something. 
And it was you're either you're either never caught up or you're not working hard enough. Um, and it just hey, there's always a new challenge, always a new problem, always something else going on. Uh, and when I follow that advice, if I man, I'm feeling pretty good. I didn't miss anything today. I, you know, I'm all caught up. And I go circle back around you know, my backstop. We we're talking about Goggins before we got on this. If I go look for my backstop, I realize oh, there was one thing I didn't get done, or there's this other you know initiative that I was supposed to start that I that I did get knocked out. Um, and the last piece pays to that is kind of the foundation of our business is return on attention. Time is the only thing. Return on attention. Return on attention. We talk about return on uh, investment all the time, right? With our money. Um, but time is the only resource we can never get more of. So why are we not focusing on the return we're getting on every minute we spend on a project or a process, both as business owners and just in our daily life? Um, so I would say just analyze and focus on the effort you're putting in versus the benefit you're getting. That's pretty much time the right spot. Got it. So Nick is sort of the ROT, the return on your time. Yep. Or attention, if you want to call it. And yep. just make, making sure that, because what I always tell every member of our team or different departments is energy goes where attention goes. And what is the actual ROI that we get in a foot in the attention in, in that particular sector? Or what is the things that we actually need to stop doing because we're not getting any return on on our attention yeah so i mean we think about it from like think about it you've got an office admin and they handle your compliance and hiring all right and using my program as an easy segue is what if i can give them 50 percent of their time back in those two functions because they don't have to check if a document is about to expire we let them know ahead of time and they don't have to assemble driver qualification files because the system does it for them and it puts it back on the driver to fill out that info. So if I can give them three to four, five solid hours a week, well, there's a cost that you're gonna pay me for, right? For my software. And you need to evaluate that cost of the software versus that extra four or five hours a week that I've just given your you know, assistant or office admin, what other things could they do with their time inside your business to drive your bottom line or drive profitability? If your safety and compliance guy can now spend another four hours a week as a driver coach instead of just sending emails and checking documents, does that move your business forward more than than the cost of my software? So I think that's something we should always focus on. I agree. Very well said. And and Nick, sort of to wrap things up, what is the uh, what are the top two to three business or personal books that have impact your life uh, the most? Probably just say business. Business, you know, I really like Simon Sinek, and and I think it's interesting. He talks a lot about dealing with millennials, and we've got a shifting work culture right now, with the remote to the in person to the economic uncertainty. There's mass layoffs, but then there's other areas where you can't find the right people. So start with the why, and Leaders Eat Last are two really good foundational books um, that I believe in from Simon Sinek. And then this one's kind of business, it's kind of not, but I've really enjoyed, uh, and I just finished David Goggins' last book, um, Never Finished. But I like that, that, that get hard, stay hard, work hard mindset, you know, do hard things for the sake of it being a hard thing. Don't shy away from it, embrace it. Uh, and I think it, it leads more than just the fitness mindset. It, it plays into how we manage our families and manage our lives. That's very well said. That's some really good nuggets there. I, I gotta make sure that I download his, uh, latest book because uh we were talking about iron man iron man's before we started uh the 
the episode. And I remember when I did the the Ironman, I would listen to David Goggins on a daily basis just to make sure that I keep the right mindset. And he has helped me so much through my professional career. But it's a good reminder because sometimes we get comfortable and and Goggins talks about your accountability mirror. So, for example, this this, this morning I have a 5 a.m. club where whoever doesn't show up has to pay 100 bucks. And I didn't wake up at 5 a.m. this morning. But when I look to myself in the mirror, it's like, hey, you know, I'm not holding myself accountable to those standards that I, that I said that I was going to. So I ended up paying the five eight the, the $100 uh, fee. But it's just a good reminder for all the listeners to, how you know, what sort of tools and mechanisms do you have in your toolbox to, to sort of keep having the right mindset, um, whether it's at, it's at home or, or at work, and to continue to, to move forward. Yeah, for me, social media doesn't make it any easier, right? Because people are only highlighting the happy parts and, and they're showing the success, but they're not showing all of the grind that goes into it. And, you know, race day, we're talking Iron Man, it doesn't matter. Like race day is after the fact, the work, the race is the six months ahead of time that you put in. Yeah. And what I would think about and where, where this Goggins thing leads in and what I would think about is a lot of these listeners, you're struggling business owners, right? Not struggling maybe because you're not making it, but because making it is hard. As you grow, problems get bigger and, and the risks get bigger. Um, but just remember that no one sees the work you put in in the background. You know, no one sees the sprints that Antonio is doing, uh, you know, every morning at 5 a.m. Or, you know, the the workouts that Brady was putting in when no one was watching. A man in the dark putting in work while no one's watching, right? That Eric Thomas quote, I love it. Um, you know, just keep grinding and keep pushing and uh, and you'll get through it. But only because you kept grinding and kept pushing. A hundred percent. With that being said, Nick, thank you very much for being part of our show today. For all the listeners. Please make sure you like and subscribe this episode. And, and if you have any upcoming ground transportation needs or ground transportation projects, please keep us in in mind. Uh, Nick, what is the best way to find out more about Fleet Drive and about yourself? Uh, I mean, FleetDrive360.com. Obviously, the website's a great place for high-level info. Uh, we're very active on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, um, all the handle Fleet Drive 360 uh, so I'd say just connect with us. Um, hunt me down on LinkedIn personally. And uh, and I'd love to connect and just talk about your problems, talk about your needs, things that you don't like, um, issues that you're running into in your business. Maybe it tags compliance, maybe it doesn't. But uh, but I'd love a chance to connect and just learn and then see if we can help out. Perfect. And we will make sure to add all your contact information to the show episode. So with that being said, thank you very much. Like, appreciate you. Have a great day. Thanks, Daniel. Thanks for tuning in to the future of ground transportation. We appreciate you coming along for the ride. If you found value in this episode and want to hear more, please make sure to subscribe to the show.